Welcome to B2B Podcast Stories, brought to you by GHA Marketing. Our guest today is Nancy Marshall, CEO of Marshall Communications and the host of the PR Maven Podcast. Growing up as an extrovert, Nancy developed a keen interest in people and cultures, fostering connections worldwide. Today, expect to learn the importance of storytelling, emphasizing its memorability and the power in building trust that it brings, how Nancy leverages her podcast for business growth, and the importance of perseverance in her podcasting journey. Before we begin, please remember to subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. It really helps the show, and we're going to keep bringing you amazing guests and stories all about the different ways that podcasts can help your business. And with that, here's Nancy Marshall. Nancy, thank you so much for joining us on the B2B Podcast Stories. We'd like to get started by knowing a bit more about you. So please tell us about you, tell us your story, and tell us what is your business. I'm about the most extroverted person who was ever born on this earth. <laughs> From the time I oh, was wow. three years old, my mother would take me to the grocery store with her and she'd be pushing me in the car and I'd be like introducing myself to people. Hi, I'm Nancy, what's your name? I wanna meet you, I'd like to go to your house. <laughs> so I've always been very curious about other people. And it has helped in my career because I do public relations and I know a lot of people just because I'm interested in them. It's not that I'm interested in having people meet me. I'm interested in learning more about other people and actually other people around the world. Because as you know, Guillaume, I spent my junior year of college in France in Normandy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Voila. I spoke French and actually I was a French teacher after for a period of time when I returned to the U.S. And I also have relatives in Germany and I've traveled worldwide. I've been to New Zealand and I'm just so curious about people. And I think my father, who he died in 2006, unfortunately, but when I was in college, he told me he thought that public relations would be a good profession for me because of my personality. And he was right. And I just feel that connecting with people is my superpower. It's like what I was born to do. And in public relations, I connect with me the media and journalists on behalf of my clients. And I help them get what you call earned media, which are stories in the news media and then we share those stories on social media so when social media was invented i thought that it was invented just for me because now i can connect with people <laughs> all the time <laughs> and that's what i do it's a little bit of a problem actually <laughs> because i love looking at all the social media i look i look at linkedin i look at x and Snapchat and mm -hmm. Facebook and Instagram. And I feel like each one of the social media platforms is like a club, you know, it's like, it's a club that has its own people and kind of its own rules and, you know, different customs. And, and you really kind of need to understand the customs of each of the clubs. Like, it's not like the same for all of the different social media pl platforms. So that's one of the things I feel like I, I do well because of my personality. Absolutely. Awesome. So 
a lot to unpack here, and I'm super curious to a few points you mentioned. First of all, so the public relations that you that you operate in, what, what do you do exactly? Do you propose companies to tell their stories on social media? Do you propose them to meet other people? Is it more for individuals, like, I don't know, public faces? How do you go about managing PR for others? Well, of course, I started my business in 1991, so there was no social media back then. So the, the roots of my business were in working with journalists on behalf of my clients to get earned media. So that's how we, we got our start and we still do that. But then when social media came along, we started managing social media for our clients. And we find that when you share links to earned media stories, whether it's a television broadcast story or radio or a newspaper or magazine article, if you share those on social media and you help drive traffic to the, the media outlets, they take note of that and they'll say, wow, that story that we did about Nancy Marshall's client got a lot of traffic and they start making the connection and then they'll, those media outlets will be a little more willing to do a story that I suggest because they know that we actively are promoting it. And that's kind of been one of my secret weapons, to be honest, is, uh, is making that connection between the traditional media and earned media. And I feel like it, excuse me, traditional media and social media. And so sometimes there are disadvantages to having been in business as long as I have, because, you know, you're older and in this world, you know, being younger is kind of more cool. But I do feel that there are certain advantages to, to having watched how the media has transitioned over time, because I have been working in public relations for 40 years. <laughs> but I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> I still got some miles in me. So, then so see, just for the record, I find you very cool personally. So, on that part, uh, even if being young might help that, you're definitely cool. <laughs> now, I'm super you. interested into so because for sure what you pointed is super important, like being aware and savvy about the latest technology is super important, but having seen the evolutions on what works when and where is also a huge advantage and whether it's on traditional media as mainstream or even social media or the new forms of communication human psychology doesn't change that much right or at least not in in a few decades so all the experience you get from doing all this pr stuff and related activities throughout the years those are stuff that you can leverage afterwards on new platforms being hey yeah this is the new way of delivering it but the fundamentals the base is still the same and we can just leverage that very experience into those new platforms exactly, am i getting yeah. that properly and part of what you're talking about is having a brand story and you know if you have a good brand story you can share it in a variety of ways and something i'm doing now is keynote speaking so i speak at conferences and i conduct workshops so i help people to become better at networking because I realized that it's not natural for everyone to do networking. I mean, it comes naturally for me, but I try to teach even people who are very introverted how they can do networking. So that's all part of my personal brand manifesto, which is what I call it. 
And in my business, we help, we write personal brand manifestos, but also business bit brand manifestos to really dig into the history and what makes a company unique. And then Mm. once you have that brand manifesto, we actually create what we call a message map, which is a way to condense the story into, into more simple messages. And those come in handy when you're communicating on any platform, whether it's social media or creating a new website or doing a keynote speech, or even just having a one-on-one conversation with a prospective client. Mm -hmm. You always want to tell the story of what makes you, you or your business different from everyone else who does the same thing, because you want to be memorable. And I think that's one of the things about me and my agency is that People tend to remember. And again, it's because I take an intense interest in them. And that's something that my mother taught me from a young age is that people really love to talk about themselves. And if you listen and remember some details about them, then they're going to like you even more. So my mom passed two years ago, but she taught me some very important messages. There are lessons that I use in my business now. Amen. I think that's uh, Dale Carnegie uh, with How to Influence and Influence People who really put the emphasis on that, saying the favorite, the number one favorite topic of everybody is themselves. And if you manage to get them to talk about themselves in a positive way, like in a way that makes them feel good, then you, you want them as a friend. Very interesting concept. A very wise woman, your mother. Uh, yes, see. and Dale Carnegie. You focused on wise also. <laughs> <laughs> uh, indeed, uh, as well. Indeed, you focused a lot on. I mean, you mentioned quite sometimes stories. Um, so obviously, here we are on the B two B podcast stories. So we, I think we, we are a bit aligned with your thought process here. But can you tell us a bit more why telling the story of those clients that you have on whatever the the media platform is is important for you and you think important for them and their brand, because you could just be saying and going about whenever you have a new press release, I'm just going to make sure that it's properly communicated. I'm going to put you in touch with um, X, Y, and Z company or influencer or whatever. But you mentioned quite sometimes stories. Why is that important for you? People are much more likely to remember a story than they are if you give them a list of bullet points or a numbered list of, of something. I mean, It's as old as hieroglyphics that cavemen would carve in the caves. They would tell a story through pictures or even the Bible is just a series of stories. So storytelling is as old as civilization itself. And, you know, when I told you the story about myself as a three-year-old being pushed around in the grocery cart, that's kind of symbolic of, of my personality even today. So I think that storytelling is important to illustrate a point and it's something that people can not only remember, but they'll also repeat it to other people because one of your goals is you want to be referable. You want someone to refer you to others and the best way for them to refer you is through a story. And that's how you get word of mouth marketing, which is the most powerful kind of marketing is word of mouth. Help sense. One last point that you mentioned at the beginning that I'm super interested in too, Nancy, is Snapchat. How do you do public relations on Snapchat? I thought, and Snapchat? I might be 
spotted. Yeah. Snapchat. Well, how, how do you go about that? Yeah, I mean, I just know because I have two sons who are. <laughs> I've learned a lot. My boys are 28 and 31 years old, and uh, I'm very grateful mm -hmm. for, for a lot of reasons that I had these sons. But one of the reasons is that I've learned so much from them and their friends. They were both into ski racing. They were alpine ski racers. And I was always like the, the mom who would make the lunch for them or, you know, make them special treats. So they would like to hang out with me too, because I would feed them good food. But while I was making cookies for them or whatever, I would ask them a lot of questions. And I know that Snapchat is a popular platform for that demographic. So that's another thing I guess that I've been mindful of is to, to use a platform that targets the audience that you're going after. So if I'm trying to develop a, a, a campaign that's targeted at grandparents, for example, I'm probably not going to use Snapchat. I'll probably use Facebook because grandparents are looking at Facebook because that's how they communicate with their grandchildren. But, and of course, Instagram is really a great platform for young people and older people alike. And then, of course, LinkedIn, I use that a lot with my clients because some clients are not comfortable, like they feel a little nervous going on the regular social media, whereas LinkedIn is kind of a safe place. You know, it's like it's all professional. And so I have a, an electric company that I work with, and I work with the president directly, and, and I help him with his LinkedIn posts, and uh, he's comfortable with that. Since you've seen so much of the media industry, how have you felt about this change? So you mentioned social media really taking over, but what social media really brought was a third wave of the internet, they say, right? So you had the first wave, which was just you're reading information off the internet. Um, a lot of the time, the second stage was when blogs kind of came about, and then there was like this uploading of stuff as well as reading of stuff. And now we have the third wave, which is actually people interacting with each other and commenting and instantly messaging and stuff with each other as well. And what that's kind of done is democratized media all of a sudden, where before media was really just, you had to be on a TV news channel, or you had to be on a radio show, you had to have a lot of upfront investment to be able to afford to be in front of thousands of people. Now you can be in front of hundreds of thousands of people with devices you already have and things you already have as well, right? So it's kind of democratized the landscape. No more platform, I'd say, has done that more than podcasting because it is long-form media democratized to anyone with a microphone and something to record with and an internet connection. So have you seen like podcasting as like a democratized media? You've seen traditional media and now you have, let's say, new media which is the individual creators. How has that affected the PR landscape? Well, first of all, I want to say that there is still a lot to be said for journalism, which is run by journalists who have ethical standards. And it worries me a little bit that some people, especially younger people, may not understand the difference between something that's a newspaper or media outlet that's run by a journalist versus social media where people just it's they can post whatever they want on the other hand i do feel that podcasting is a wonderful tool 
because for example, the th three of us are having this long conversation right now and going in depth on a certain topic. And if it weren't for a podcast, we probably wouldn't be doing this right now. And there's a lot of people who will have a long and intense conversation with me on my podcast because it's a podcast. Whereas if I said, could you sit with me for 45 minutes and just answer all my questions? They'd be like, no, I'm too busy. <laughs> so again, being the extrovert that I am, I just love that I can reach out to somebody like John Lee Dumas. I don't know if you know him. He's quite a famous podcaster and he's actually from the state of Maine where I'm from, but he lives in Puerto Rico now because he doesn't have to pay so much taxes. He's making so much money, <laughs> but he actually came on my podcast and uh, he would not have otherwise spent that time with me talking with me about his business. So I feel that podcasting, it's a great way of doing what I call content marketing, or you could call it authority marketing. It helps you position yourself as an expert in your field. And it also helps you connect with other people who are experts in their fields as well. Yeah. Now, Gim and I are big believers in that. We've always said that podcasting gives you exactly, I mean, three main benefits to podcasting. One is you get a bunch of content that you can repurpose onto all your different channels. That's going to drive you views. That's going to drive you clicks. That's going to grow your brand. But of course, just being on a podcast, for example, us being a podcast about podcasting positions us as authority figures on podcasting, right? Which is what? our company is all about, is about helping companies with their podcasting. But then the last one, which is the one that people and a lot of our clients actually tend not to think about straight away, is uh, just as a cold outreach mechanism, right? You can reach out to anyone and say, hey, would you like to come on my podcast? And they're much more likely to say yes than they are to say, hey, can we have a 45 minute conversation? Or hey, can I tell you about my agency that does PR, uh, which combines social media with traditional media and is able to bridge the two together and then maybe someone's not going to open that email twice. Whereas once they get to know the lovely Nancy and her lovely personality and how nice she makes people feel and how she compliments people's hair and she makes them feel better about themselves because of it and everything, then, <laughs> then they're much more likely to say, hey, Nancy like, seems like someone we can really trust with our branding. She seems like someone that will communicate with us and listen to us and will take note of us and, and be a really good agency to work with. I'm glad you used the word trust in that question because I talk about how people have to know you, like you, and trust you to want to do business with you. So that know, like, and trust sequence, I mean, if, if they know you, but they don't trust you, they're not going to want to do business with you. So a big part of people knowing, liking, and trusting you is having an in-depth conversation and spending time and again, showing interest in the other person. Those are all some of the secrets to success in business, I feel. 100%. No like and trust. That's definitely a very good place. And so podcasting gives you gives you all of them, right? You get to, you get to know the person through having a podcast conversation with them. Uh, hopefully they like you after they speak to you for 45 minutes. If not, then you have bigger problems. And uh, by the end of it, they should trust you as well because they've had that in-depth conversation with you. You've gotten to know them and you've started building that relationship. Now, trust is obviously something that builds over time, but it's a great start, right? That leads to further conversations, further engagement and further trust building as well. Yeah, so, so I, Have I, you used podcasting specifically for that? Well, I started my podcast five years ago 
because I learned about the concept of content marketing and also being, again, a little bit older, I wanted to show that I had a handle on technology, even though I get help between you and me, I get help with technology. (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted to show that I had a handle on the newer techniques of marketing because the older techniques still apply, like press releases are still useful in a lot of ways. But again, that secret that I told you about, that if you get traditional media coverage and then share it on social media and drive traffic, that's been like magical for my business. And journalists will recognize that we're, if they do a story on, on me or one of my clients, we're going to promote it on social. I also want to touch on the storytelling aspect. I mean, podcasts intrinsically are story-based, right? They're conversational. And in conversations as humans, we tend to bring up stories or talk about stories. Most podcasts are going through people's stories like we are today with you. And then you mentioned earlier the importance of stories as well, right? So it kind of lends itself perfectly to each other, doesn't it? Oh, definitely. Again, people love to tell stories and it, it gives content that people can share with others as well. So I think a really good podcast will will feature a lot of really good storytelling. Yeah. And people love to listen to stories as well, right? Like you said, even the Bible is a book of stories, one of the most popular books in the That's world. That's right. Uh, right. So, <laughs> so it's very memorable and, and you take a lot of lessons away from stories. That's right. I think that's where intrinsically our love for stories really comes from. I mean, in the olden days before, in the olden days, older than the olden days, uh, there were no writings or people used to write on bones and uh, walls, like you said, and stone, but it was only like the really big stuff. But even then, storytelling around a campfire was something that really progressed down the ages. And let's say a podcast is the modern day campfire. That's right. And I love campfires also. <laughs> I did a lot of camping as, as a child. I worked in a summer camp uh, when I was growing up. And I used to actually lead songs and singing around the campfire. <laughs> Unfortunately, a a distinct lack of s'mores at this campfire. (laughs) Awesome. So tell us a bit more about the PR Maven podcast, uh, Nancy. So what was that all about? Why did that get started? Well, again, I wanted to show that I had a handle on new technology and techniques in communications. So I started it in 2018 after having attended a conference, actually, that was held at Disney in Florida. It was a conference all about content marketing. And at the end of this three-day conference, we had to create like a a list of goals of things that we were going to accomplish. And I just walked away from that saying, I am going to start a podcast. (laughs) And I don't think I realized like complex it would be, but I've been very disciplined about putting out a weekly episode ever since then. And um, every year I give the Golden Microphone Award. So I have this award here. Look at that. (laughs) Uh, So the Golden Microphone Award goes to my most popular guest each year. Ironically, well, the first one was in 2019 to a police officer named Lieutenant Tim Cotton. And he does Facebook. He has hundreds of thousands of Facebook fans around the world who 
read the stories that he posts on Facebook about being a small town police officer. And I've actually had him on three times on my podcast. And then just recently we had Bob Schultz, who is a client actually from Puritan Medical Products, which is a company that makes the swabs to test for COVID-19. And of course, during COVID-19, that company experienced a tremendous amount of growth and they received a lot of money from the government to expand their production. So in that podcast, Bob Schultz told the story of, of how they grew so fast. So when I identify who has been the most popular guest of the year, I have a party at, at a wine bar where we drink wine and we have a toast and we, we record a live podcast in person while drinking wine. <laughs> Those are my favorite podcasts. Actually, <laughs> actually when I did the one with, with uh, Lieutenant Tim Cotton the first year, there were some people who made comments about how much the host or me was giggling because <laughs> I was having a few drinks and it was funny and it made me giggle. Although there are other people who actually listen to my podcast because they like listening to the sound of me laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I've had guests who have said, I don't really care about anything you say. I just like to listen to you. <laughs> so maybe I would do better if I just laugh and not even talk. <laughs> yeah. Well, you should start an ASMR. Oh, yeah. ASMR That's channel. Nice. Nancy, do you know what that is? No, what's that? It's like, um, it's the channel. So there's this, there was this trend that came about like 10 years ago or so, which was like people speaking really close to the microphone like this, and then they would be tapping the microphone like this, and then they would be speaking and making sounds with their mouth like this, and people love to uh, fall asleep to it, uh, and uh, they like it as background noise, and they find it very relaxing. I don't know how that came across. Maybe that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was the experience was amazing, Sam. Thank, thank okay, you for that. You call it's it very intimate. ASMR. ASMR. Yeah. Alpha Sierra Micromeo. That stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. Is a tingling sensation that usually begins on the scalp and moves down the back of the neck and upper spine. And the idea is to really have an audio file that's kind of like takes you to that feeling yeah. and there is asmr for anything really there is a very yeah. famous you might want to look at a, a recent video from bentley nancy there is a very interesting uh, well pr move i guess uh, that came about and there is a this this lady like just having an asmr microphone because i suspect uh, correct me if i'm wrong with somebody i suspect there is a specific microphone for that and like she just touched all the parts of the bentley and like we get to hear the sound of each part of the Bentley and that, like, I mean, the communication is great because it's just about surfing on that trend with that beautiful car, with that lady touching the car. It's interesting. It's interesting. But there is ASMR for anything now. Yeah. I'll have so to Nancy Marshall laughing ASMR. That could be, yeah. that could be the next viral, <laughs> could be the next viral video. Let's go. Out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You heard it here for, first, That's Nancy. Right. Yeah. I, I wrote Nancy, it down. When, you, when you make a... When you make a million subs YouTube channel for your SMR laughing videos, voilà. you need to reference the B2B Podcasters episode <laughs> where we give you the idea and then you became a millionaire because of it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So 
we know why uh, you started or how you started it. And I like the I like the fact of like, okay, I'm getting out of this uh, comfort. Well, I, basically, actually, the magic of Disney at it again. Like it strikes again. You get out of there and you want to start a podcast. That that's a very interesting one. But so then, what kept you going, Nancy? Because five years is not nothing, especially as you very accurately said. Like one episode a week is not nothing. Like it's time, it's time to find the guest, time to set up the interview, finding the right time, having to reschedule because the guest cancels or have a sore throat, and then writing down the script and getting them booked again, and then recording and then doing the post-pro and so on and so on. So how do you go about keeping up with a podcast with a weekly episode for five years without a miss? Because I think you are up 266 episodes. So if I'm, if my math is correct, that's, that's exactly a bit more than five years. So congratulations, first of all. But how do you go about that? Well, I have a right-hand person named Emma Dimmick who works with me, and she does a lot of the behind-the-scenes work. So when I identify who I want as a guest, she'll reach out to that person. She does the scheduling. Then she'll remind me that I need to write the questions. So I write the questions, but then she sends the questions to the guest, and she does the show notes and the social media. So she does a lot of the work that I don't have to do. So I mean, when that I helps. record my episode, I, I have a file that she provides to me on a smart sheet with all my questions and the, the bio, the biography of the person and everything I need. So I don't think I could have done it if I had to do all of that work myself. So it helps to have, it helps to have a team. 100%. So big shout out to Emma, yeah, that's, Emma, that's her name, Demick, that's here. Yes, big shout out to Emma Demick. Demick. Who's on vacation this week, actually, so. <laughs> We've, which I think is well-deserved because for the people listening to this episode right now, we are recording in between Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. So it's like the Friday in that week. So thanks, Nancy, for taking I know, a lot too. of people are, out, are taking a day off today. Indeed, indeed. Well, but it's, I don't consider it really walking, podcast recording. It's like, it's just about friends and having a nice conversation. Exactly. But well, so... It's just talking <laughs> is not work for me. <laughs> <laughs> In the nature. But so, um, makes sense. I get it helps. I get it helps to have somebody uh, backing you up and helping you with all things podcasting. What were the main challenges that you faced actually with the PR Maven podcast? Because we want to dive a little bit deeper right after into how did that podcast enable uh, your business or help your business somehow? But first, what were the challenges that you saw, that you encountered, that you maybe didn't think of in the first place, but then ended up, well, walking around because of you keep on going with the podcast? What were, what were those? I think the time commitment is, is a big challenge, you know, and I, I oftentimes say to myself, is this really worth it? <laughs> and maybe I've done enough. Maybe I don't really need to keep doing it. And then something will happen that's really great. And I'm like, oh, I can't stop. I shouldn't stop. And I'm also afraid that if I stop that I'll lose the momentum. So that's been a challenge. There's also sometimes scheduling challenges. Somebody will say they want to come on as a guest and then they just don't make themselves available. And they'll can't, you know, you'll have it scheduled and I've had people cancel three times and I have a rule if they cancel three times I'm not asking them again because mm -hmm. my time is valuable you know and that means that I've I've blocked out an hour of my time and I've said no to other opportunities so 
I don't like that. I don't really have a hard time getting guests. I always have a lot of people in mind that I want to have as guests. And I do enjoy having clients as guests. I find that if I, you know, if I have a new client and I ask them to come on my podcast, it shows them right off that I kind of what I'm capable of generating and, and helps generate a lot of media coverage for them, even if it's mm -hmm. social media. So that has been helpful. And then, you know, sometimes there will be challenges with the technology. There have been ep entire episodes that have been lost <laughs> uh, due to text problems, but that has, luckily that hasn't happened too often. Do you often have, do you often have clients on the show? Because that's, a, that's an interesting part. We have clients who actually use it the other way around. They get potential clients on the show. Here again, so it's a, it's a bit of a, of a sensitive one, but the idea is to really leverage your podcast as a business enabler. However, when we recommend this strategy or where we enable this strategy, we're really like, it must be genuine in the first place. Like you must be wanting to produce good content, having the guest appear as a thought leader, um, answer to a problematic or to a certain topic during the episode and have a nice conversation. But then, and I think we touched upon it a bit earlier in this episode, podcasting is an amazing door opener. You end up having a 45 minutes to one hour genuine conversation with somebody who is right into your target clients. And then you have that positive experience, that positive moment built with the brand that you can leverage afterwards. But you do the other way around. You get them on the show once they are a client. So how, how do you go about that? Because technically, have you just delivered to them? So it's like interesting to have on the show to kind of testify of it or what's, what's the idea behind it? Actually, the last four years, the last four of my most popular guests have been clients. <laughs> and I think that they oftentimes they enjoy sharing the episode with their audience to sort of show, look at who we've got doing our public relations, Nancy Marshall and the team at Marshall Communications. So it's a point of pride for the client to show that they're on this podcast and show that they're working with Marshall Communications. And, and then, you know, so they're motivated to share with their audience. And I think that's a big reason why those have been the most popular episodes of the last four years. A lot of times when I have a new client, it takes a little while to get them into the traditional media. So this is something I can do for a new client very soon after they sign the contract. I'm like, okay, now that we're working together, we're going to get you on the PR Maven podcast. So it's something that generates some results very quickly. Super interesting. So actually to the question, how do you potentially use or leverage your podcast for your business growth? It's actually one of the services you deliver once you've signed the clients, you actually get them to sign with you. So you represent them or you help them with all things PR. And then you're like, Hey, as a first step, a very quick and easy way is to get you on the podcast that has more than 250 episodes, steady and growing audience, a well-recognized brand. And we're going to get to talk about yourself. So that's our first PR move. Is that how yeah, you Yeah, but I would never transfer? say quick and easy because it's not quick. And easy. <laughs> I've invested Fair. a lot into this podcast. So it's, it's been 
I've laid the foundation of this podcast. Mm -hmm. And so I'm honored and you should be honored too, to be on this podcast. hundred <laughs> percent. So I meant easy and uh, quick for them because they're like, they just signed with you and they get already a good piece, but I get that Nancy for you. There is a, we know about it. We're not to 250 episodes just yet, but 200, we know how much work there is behind yeah. it. Definitely hats off, hats off for yeah. that. And I do really appreciate it when the client or the, the guest promote does a lot of promotion. I actually get kind of mad when people don't share it with their contacts and on their social. So when we invite someone to come on, we kind of ask them to agree up front that they're going to share it. And again, that's one of the reasons that Lieutenant Tim Cotton, who was my first golden microphone award, he has so many, if you look him up on Facebook, I think he has something like 300,000 followers on Facebook. And he, he writes these really long stories. Like he said, when people, when he started doing that, people said, nobody's going to read that, but he does. He has hundreds of thousands of, of people. They're mostly women that love to read his stories. And so he has generously shared the episodes that he's been on with his audience. And that's part of the reason why those episodes have been so popular. So what's what's the genre of his police stories? Um, exactly, that he women like about to them so being much? kind, and he he talks about how oh. you know usually you don't think of a of a police officer as being a kind person, but he tries to share stories of kindness and how police officers are actually helping all of us. So yeah, you could look him up on Facebook, Lieutenant Tim Cotton, and you'll see. I think I. But let's um, Tim Cotton writes. Tim Cotton writes, but let's let's put a link towards it. I mean, what's with the Tim Cotton writes? Actually, Google even proposes it to me. See, he has a website as well. Yeah, he he he, he cool. is semi-retired now, and he writes books also, and he does speeches also. So he he's a good storyteller. You talk about a storyteller. He he'll tell a story about. I don't know, you know, helping a homeless person on the street or even like arresting a person, but being kind in the process <laughs> while arresting yeah. somebody. And we'll definitely put the link in the description. I have it. I have it just here. Apparently he has a dog uh, because his profile picture is a dog. His um, banner picture is a yes, dog yes, and his latest yes. posted picture is a dog, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, I think I got him. I'll, I'll, we'll put the link in the in the description uh, for people interested into into Tim Cotton and see what he what he does. That's awesome, Nancy. And I mean, definitely love the concept of the golden microphone. I mean, I might steal it, and you might be our first uh, golden microphone winner. Oh! Who knows? <laughs> Can we get together um, and drink wine? <laughs> that we will hold you to it, Nancy. Careful. <laughs> Either you're going to have to come to the U.S. or I'll have to come to. Oh, uh, <laughs> Oh yes. Depending on where we are, but the, the safe bet is U.S. Ooh, happy to to move to the U.S. to to do yeah, a, a glass a of wine. Yeah, it'll be a business trip. <laughs> well, exactly. 
And, but so speaking of which, I'm interested in understanding a bit how these events work, because that's, in my mind, that's an other kind of podcast-enabled event that, of course, is all about the podcast. But if you bring clients on the show, if you bring potential clients on the show, if you bring personalities on the show and you make the event about the podcast, that's ultimately somehow potentially, well, ground for business uh, opportunities for martial communications, right? So was it... Uh, intentional to have it this way or did you just like want to create something around the podcast in person so you're just like hey let's organize that and turns out it's also a good business enabler well you know anytime you can get people together for a common purpose to celebrate and actually if you do a live podcast people can kind of like see behind the curtain sort of like the magic that happens true so I'm actually going to be doing keynote address, keynote presentations in 2024, where I will also do a podcast with the conference organizer. So I have my first one coming up in April of 2024. I'm, I'm the keynote speaker at a conference, and I'm also going to do a live podcast at the event. So that's kind of my new goal is to do those kinds of presentations around the world. <laughs> Sounds fun. Sounds like a lot of fun. A lot of traveling as well. So you get to things. But how do you take your podcast equipment with you? That's going to be a bit of Yeah, that's going to be a challenge. Uh, I haven't really figured that <laughs> out because now, right now when I have these parties, I just do it locally. But I know I should be able to do it on my own, but... I, yeah, I have to figure that out. I'm sure you'll figure it out, Nancy. I'm sure we could, if you want some advice, happy to. Guillaume and I are, are well known for turning up at people's offices with iPhone stands and uh, cheap mics <laughs> to, to record in person yeah. at different locations. So happy to sit down with you afterwards and talk you through okay, that would be a helpful. lighter setup, if you like. Nancy, to, to end the, the episode then, so we always ask uh, our guests to give advice to the up-and-coming podcasters. So you've been in the game for five years. You've seen all the way through, in and out. What would you say is like the top one to three pieces of advice you would give anyone wanting to start a podcast that wants to get good at podcasting and also wants to grow their show? Well, it's a long game. You don't go into it just thinking that you're going to do it for a few weeks or a few episodes. I think there's a statistic that the typical duration of a new podcast is only seven episodes and people how much work it is and they quit. So I think it's important to go into it, realizing that it's, it's a big undertaking and you need to go all out. Like when you do it, you need to do all the social media to accompany it. And you need to promote it. it. So it's, you know, for me, it's like having another client. Uh, and you can't just, again, you can't just do it and, and hope that people will find out about it because they're not going to find, there's so many competing podcasts that you have to stick with it and promote it. So I guess that would be my advice. No, that's solid advice. Stick in it for the long haul. Don't think it's going to be overnight success and uh, and make sure that you actually promote right. it as well. That's a, it's, a very, it's a very fair point. We do get a lot of our clients come to us and say, hey, look, it's been five episodes. Why don't I have hundreds of downloads yet? And we're like, yeah, well, you know, we're starting out. That's all good. Remember, we reminded you at the start, it's going to take some time. But look, your social media posts are doing really well that come out of the podcast. So we always try to, although it is a long 
hall uh, on the actual podcast site, instantly you can convert it into social media results typically. So that's where we kind of try to get people to be a little bit, you know, satisfy their itch about, oh, wait, there's nothing. The podcast isn't growing. So that will get there. I mean, if you look at, so Guillaume and I have this podcast that we started podcasting two years ago, approximately, and we've been podcasting two episodes a week, up to four episodes a week uh, ever since. And in that situation as well, to this day, episode one is always our top five most downloaded podcasts episodes. Um, now, ours is a bit more of a sequential one. We were explaining, you know, treasury concepts or banking concepts to people. And the first episode was, what is corporate treasury? But it's to this day in the top five to 10 episodes every single month, whenever we review our analytics. And um, so the long tail of that, it, it just it just compounds. Do you see that as well? Do you see old pop episodes pop up? Yes, all the time? Uh, again, Tim Cotton, because sometimes, um, because mostly how he communicates is through the written word a lot of people come to my podcast because they like to hear how he speaks and the sound of all those hundreds of thousands of women who normally read his Facebook posts want to hear the sound of his voice. Yeah. And we actually even got comments yeah. about that on my podcast. Like, oh, this is the first time I've ever heard him speak. <laughs> so I guess that's another yeah. bit of advice is if it? you do have a popular guest, it does, it, it is a good idea to have them on more than once. And that's why this past summer we yeah. created a, a little mini series of, we had three episodes in a, in a row that were all Tim Cotton because we just knew that he would draw the audience. That's, that's super cool. So Nancy, we'll have you back okay. on in a year on the Beach Podcast Stories because this will be the most popular episode of of the year by then and then we'll say hey, we yeah because i'll on. be promoting it to my people too <laughs> yeah here we go that sounds great uh and that's it but thank you very much nancy thanks so much for hearing about your story i loved your story and, and your anecdotes specifically around um how you can like podcasting offers this really nice bridge for your clients i think that key takeaway gilm and i are taking from this is Actually, we've always said, get your potential clients on, but getting your existing clients on and then building that relationship with them and that rapport and instantly giving them some value by uh, giving them a bit of a platform on something that you've built over so many years um, and really solidifying you as a, as their new agency to have on. I think that's a really right. good Right. I think so too. <laughs> Amazing. Nancy, appreciate you a lot. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Have a great new year. Thank you for listening to the B2B Podcast Stories. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please don't forget to hit subscribe and check us out at jhamarketing.com. Have a great day.